All right, all right. This is Gkai once again. Coming at you live from my uh, little apartment in Texas. Possibly for the last time. But maybe not. These last few days have been very difficult for me. Today has been very difficult. This weekend, I moved my cats into their new home. That was a very painful experience. I imagine that um, I'll be processing that later in the future. I don't know. I can see myself sitting some future session. These things sort of reliably come up during uh, long meditation retreats. Um, earlier that day, Saturday morning, I uh, delivered a talk at the Zen Center here in town about why I am choosing to do this, why I'm choosing to leave. And it went beautifully. My cat was sitting in my lap the whole time. My male cat, my little boy. He was a silly boy, and I miss him. If he were here, I would touch him and uh, love to grab his stomach, his little uh, little love handles. <laughs> it's just so soft with these long hairs. It's just incredible. So when I have these moments, I think about my cats and I, you know, desire to see them again, to hold them and touch them and cuddle them and kiss them and all this stuff. I, I, I desire, you know, to, to have them with me, to be with them. And then the desire turns into something else. It, it, it transforms uh, into a guilt, a regret, all the times that I felt annoyed by them, by my cats, and all the times that I was angry with them. And I think I, it would so love to be annoyed by my cats right now, you know? I remember as those first few days after I came back from Puerto Rico, I started to get into this strong sense of boredom, just overwhelming me, just crushing me. And I felt so overwhelmed with annoyance at the cat, especially, you know, the my little boy, the male. And now I'm like, you know, I would just 
so love to have him here just annoying me and to have him with me forever until the end of, of his life you know or mine whichever comes first he was a good boy and he was always very grateful to me so there's you know the guilt and the regret eventually the next thing that comes up is a sense of confidence or trust in this new home. The more I think about it, the more I realize that they are actually better off than when they were with me. This woman with whom I left my cats is someone who is married to animals, you know, in, in my perception. This is someone who loves animals so much and you could see it it was so obvious this is someone who just loves and respects the experience of animals and i think that that is um, so valuable i don't think it's rare i don't think it's rare but i think it's so valuable especially in our current age where legally you know, in the society that, that we live in and the age that we live in, um, legally speaking, animals are things, you know, they, they do not have any legal protections as, um, you know, there's no, there's no acknowledgement of their emotional or psychological experience. We don't acknowledge their, their trauma in any official way, you know, legally speaking, you know, there's just no protection. You know, certainly not as much as people, you know, and people barely, people barely get those. So, some people. So, I love my cats so much and I will always love them. And, and it really hurts. Oh my God, it was so painful just to see them sitting there i can i can see them i can just i close my eyes and i can see them I know they'll be all right. And I am so grateful to my cats. I really consider them, you know, the love of my life. And maybe, I don't know, maybe going forward, maybe I am someone who is, you know, who is also married to animals in the same way that I saw, you know, this 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 woman you know their 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 new owner their new custodian maybe that's a path for me in life but i i don't know i like working with people so much luckily for me these things are not mutually exclusive but something that i learned from my cats that for some reason i 
never was able to to see before in my life is that it is possible for me to offer love and affection without being confused about my own love and affection. Does that make sense? My cats taught me to be comfortable offering myself as I am, as a creature, as a source of love, without being conflicted about my own desires and my own um, love, my desire for connection, my desire for tenderness and softness. I was always afraid that, you know, any bit of affection, any bit of, uh, of tenderness, of, uh, of rawness, of intimacy would provoke the, a question of, of sexuality, you know. But then with my cats, of course, that was not part of the dynamic at all. These two things were separated in a way that I really needed. These two things were finally compartmentalized, if that makes any sense. They were, they were sort of, um, I was able to see how they don't necessarily connect 100% of the time. And even when they do, in the case of a, of a relationship, of a partnership, you know, there's no reason to, uh, to hold back. There's no reason to, to be afraid, to be conflicted about that, about demonstrating love. <sighs> I'm going to miss him so much. I miss him. I miss him so much. And, um, I've just been getting rid of things here in my place, filling up trash bags. It's a small apartment, one bedroom, and yet all this crap just keeps flowing out of every drawer, every closet, every every corner I look. It's like a two-hour ordeal just to get everything in order, you know. It's exhausting. Um, I was feeling just demolished I was planning to go buy a, another silver tote one of those uh, plastic trunk things to make the journey easier but um, I was so tired and I was thinking maybe I could use this to get myself back on a, a daylight schedule you know wake up in the morning instead of the afternoon Go and pay rent and tell that poor lady that uh, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah, poor lady. She's all right. You know, this is. I don't need to pity her. <laughs> she's she's doing her job. I think a lot of my um, stress today comes from the uncertainty or the fear of retaliation. One thing that I learned one bad habit that I picked up from working in public transit 
is um, uh, conflict avoidance for fear of retaliation. So the way that um, this manifests in my thinking about leaving my apartment, for example, I'm planning on leaving next Monday, which is a lot sooner, you know, than the lease stipulates. And I haven't, you know, I haven't told these people at all. I haven't told them, I haven't told anybody. So it's, you know, it's like, it's against the lease or whatever the case may be. And I'm fine with, you know, the penalty or the paying out the remainder of the thing, you know, like this is, which, which is what I've heard people um, ask you to do when you leave early, but that's not a problem for me. The problem is this fear of, you know, that the other person won't understand and I'll be powerless to, to make an exit. Like I won't be able to just disengage and disappear, you know, and, um, driving the bus and doing that job and dealing with people with, you know, and people, they see you, they don't see you, they see the uniform, right? And um, they, uh, I would do everything in my power to prevent people from asking me questions. I would make sure not to make eye contact with people, not to make myself available to anyone. Make sure no one could hear me. I would always have headphones on, even if they weren't connected to anything. I would always make sure that I could um, avoid any contact. And uh, the reason for that is that I began to expect those interactions to go negatively to drain me emotionally at a time when I felt that I couldn't afford to be drained emotionally, you know, especially during the lockdown this entire, the entire time after like spring 2020, March, April 2020, and, and until the end of uh, my uh, tenure there, my stay at that job in the following June, June of the following year, rather. It's a whole nother, uh, you know, 15 months of, of uh, 14, 15 months, 14 months of torture, just brutal torture. I would remove myself. I would disappear myself. And so this is one of those things where uh, I, I can't, I really won't be able to do that. Um, and I have other reservations about the fact that, you know, I shouldn't, it makes no sense to me to, when, when, you, when you read, when I actually read the wording in the contract, it's just funny to me, you know, how they say how it's such a terrible thing that's happening to them if you leave early and how they have to go through all this effort and finding a replacement resident it's like, who cares? Like you own this, you know, this is place is owned by some, some multimillionaire who owns a bunch of other properties. I'm supposed to feel bad, you know? So 
it's just weird. It's just a little bit sad to me how they worded it in that sense. But, you know, I do um, want to respect, you know, the, the, the person who actually does do a lot of this work. Um, I, for one, expect the people who own the property not to do a tremendous amount of work regarding, you know, cleaning out the apartment and flipping it for the next person that comes in and ripping out the carpet and throwing it out and doing all that work. Those people I have a lot of sympathy for, you know, but the guy who owns it, you know, is just every year buying up new million dollar properties. Like, eh, I'm not worried about that guy. I'm not worried about, uh, you know, I'm not looking out for that guy's uh, profits. So that'll happen tomorrow. So let's go back to the Dharma talk on Saturday morning on the on the fateful day fateful morning of the fateful day. What happened? Somebody asked me a question that I thought was very interesting. And it was, uh, it had to do with affinity. This is someone who had heard me speaking about St. Francis, St. Francis of Assisi, 11th century saint. So his question was, he said to me, I've heard you speak about St. Francis, St. Thomas Aquinas, and all these popes and stuff. So why are you going into Zen life. And what I told him was the truth. I told him, I don't know. It's, it's an involuntary response. I can come up with a million stories about why Zen, why not Gaelic, you know, why not find a nice Gaelic monastery somewhere in uh, Illinois, Indiana? I don't know where it is. There's probably like at least a couple of Gaelic places on the mainland here in the, you know, in in the in the contiguous forty-eight, <laughs> or a Kagyu training center. Or even uh, not a Buddhist place, you know, like uh, one of those uh, Sadhguru training centers, retreat centers, you know, one of those. That'd be pretty cool. But I, I just don't feel it. I feel like this is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's Zen, you know. I 
feel a strong connection to people who are committed to the spiritual life. And there are many people who are Buddhists. And I look at them and I don't get that sense. I don't get a sense that they're, you know, really into it, you know, like their heart's not in it. And in our country, you know, how many, you know, who isn't disappointed by the countless Christians who, you know, are not really Christian. I mean, they're technically Christian, but they're not very Christ-like, you know. Like, uh, I think many Buddhists, there are many Buddhists who try to be Buddhists rather than Buddhas. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm naive or I'm too, I have my own views, I have my own opinions, you know, and yeah, I see people saying things that don't make a lot of sense to me, you know, and they, uh, but they are, you know, committed to, to, to the Dharma in, in some obvious way. Um, or even, or even teachers, you know, many Buddhist teachers that I listen to them, I look at them and I'm like, hey, what, what, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know? But then I see people like, um, oh man, who's a good example here? Well, I mean, the historical examples, St. Francis, that's an easy one, you know? St. Thomas, St. Thomas is very different, but um, I feel like <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think I would have gotten along a little bit better with St. Thomas of Aquinas, excuse me, St. Thomas of Aquinas. What did, do we call him St. Thomas Aquinas or St. Thomas of Aquinas? Like, what is the, I'm going to Google it right now. Let me see which one, which is which, you know. I got the Wikipedia app on my phone here. Just bear with me here, you know, just, 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 just bear with me here. I'm looking for St. Thomas, okay. St. Thomas, St. Thomas, come on now. St. Thomas. St. Thomas, St. Thomas, term. Yeah, there's uh, many things named after St. Thomas, as you can imagine. So we got the St. Thomas, ooh, the St. Thomas Christians. That is very interesting uh, topic that I'd like to get into at some point. St. Thomas, St. Thomas, St. Thomas. Thomas the Apostle, Thomas the Hermit, Thomas of Morian, Thomas Becket, St. Thomas the Martyr, Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas. Tomaso de Aquino. Aquino? Aquino? Thomas Aquinas. We got him. Why doesn't it say saint? Isn't he a saint? Oh, he is. All right. Oh, my God. I got sidetracked. Why were we even talking about it? Oh, yeah. St. Francis. St. Thomas. Thomas Merton. 
think these are people that I feel like I could get along with, you know? It is an involuntary response. And um, going back into a Buddhist life, a more full-time Zen Buddhist life, I think about all the problems, the specific problems that arise within Zen communities today. And I feel confident. I also feel pretty clear about the kinds of challenges that I could be running into. It's also clear the kinds of fulfillment and, you know, uh, joys that I could be running into. And um, I feel confidence in myself to stand up to these things. So things continue to move in this direction. I actually had a conversation with the director of residential training at the monastery earlier today. That was very encouraging. She's always been a huge uh, source of encouragement for me. She's just incredible. And I guess she'll be my teacher. It's something I still haven't really, haven't fully wrapped my head around this. The fact that I'll be working with her uh, mostly, you know, that's very interesting. Whew. So I'm going to fall asleep in a few minutes. And I wish for myself an energizing, restful sleep that I can wake up in the morning, do what must be done, and finish out the week. I'm running out of time here. Finish out the week strong, confident, hopeful. And prepared. I wish for preparedness. Oh, all these books. I say the word and I look at all these books. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with all this? What am I, there's a bunch of books on the shelf. There's a bunch of books on the floor. There's a bunch of books uh, on the floor. On the, you know, a, a different pile of books on the floor in a bag. Oh, Jesus. There's an instrument in the corner. I don't know if I should take it with me. But uh, let's relax, Jikai. Take it easy. So that's it for me. Thank you for humoring me in my uh, ramblings. I couldn't get my... controller to work with my laptop. That's another complaint I have. So now I have to play this game that I downloaded. Very beautiful. Um, Earthbounder. Whatever that means. On my laptop. I have to play it on the keyboard and it's very uncomfortable for me. Woe is me. How will I survive in this cruel world? How will I survive? Anyway, y'all have a good one. 
they keep talking about St. Francis. I think it's going to, I'm going to have to get into it at some point, talk about St. Francis himself, you know? So, y'all have a good one. Thank you for humoring me in my ridiculous ramblings. Bye.